But I'm excited about what God is doing and has done, and just to be a part of His work is uh, quite an honor. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then to the Gentile. And, uh, and I think about that story and I think about the power of the Word of God. And, uh, uh, but, the, but, but, the, but the Word of God's got to get out of the box. It's dynamite. It's powerful. Uh, but it's got to get out. And uh, God help us to get it out there. And I'm grateful for the Gideon ministry. I want you to consider just being a part and how you can be a part. Uh, as, as Mark said, they will be at the doors at the conclusion of this service. But just pray. God, what part would you have me pr- uh, play in the Gideon ministry? Uh, just exciting about getting God's Word out. If you would uh, open your Bibles to Mark, uh, Matthew, we're in, man, I got Mark on brain, uh, but we're in Matthew, the other gospel. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6 is where we are this morning, and uh, I'm continuing to walk through the Sermon on the Mount today, and uh, we're in Matthew chapter number 6, and we're going to be down in verse number 16 and following, and we're talking about fasting, biblical fasting. Fasting is one of those uh, seldom discussed spiritual disciplines uh, in in life, and God help us understand Jesus Christ has been talking. Uh, He's been addressing spiritual hypocrisy. Uh, He's been talking about the hypocrisy in giving, uh, that sometimes people are more uh, about drawing the attention of other folks uh, than being right with God, and they're giving, and they're praying, and now and they're fasting. So it's three areas that he's been talking about, religious hypocrisy, spiritual hypocrisy. And so Matthew chapter number 6, and we're down to verse number 16 through 18 this morning. And the Bible says this, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed uh, by men when they're fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will be noticed, will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so this morning, just talking about uh, uh, fasting. Of the three, when we're talking about these three disciplines, uh, giving as well as praying are both commanded multiple times in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. But when you're talking about fasting, uh, fasting is, is, is only commanded in conjunction with the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. Now that does not mean that we do not fast. I'm just simply saying the only command in Scripture as to what we should fast for or a time to fast was in conjunction with the Day of Atonement. And so uh, today we no longer we no longer have that day of atonement. The reason for that is because of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 11 through 14, why don't we celebrate the day of atonement any longer? Well, not as the Old Testament did, uh, but rather we celebrate Jesus Christ. The Bible says Hebrews 10 verse 11 and following, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, talking about Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And so I'm grateful to God for Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. And so today, although we don't have the command in Scripture, we do have 
fasting in Scripture in both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. In fact, in the New Testament, it is referred to at least 30 different occasions throughout the New Testament. So at the very least, although it may not be commanded, it is definitely implied as well as expected for believers to fast. And so what in the world does it mean to fast and pray? What does that mean? What does that look like? And that's what we're talking about today. He begins this little section of scripture on fasting. He says, whenever you fast, in other words, he's expecting it. It's not commanded at any specific time and in any specific place, but he's just saying, hey, whenever you do fast, make sure, make sure that you take care of yourself. There's problems with fasting. The problem that he was addressing with the fasting was that they were fasting. The Pharisees, the religious Pharisees in that day were fasting, in fact, twice a week. Uh, They would fast twice a week. Uh, The Bible says in Luke 18, verses 10 through 12, uh, Jesus started telling a story. And Jesus said, Two men went up into the temple to pray, uh, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Imagine praying in such a way. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes of all that I get. And Jesus was teaching, and he's just simply saying, hey, listen, such spiritual pride does not move the heart of God. In fact, it's repulsive. It's an abomination, as stated in Proverbs chapter number 6. It's an abomination to God, spiritual pride. And so he's just simply saying, hey, listen, when you're talking about fasting, understand this about fasting. Fasting is not going to make me more spiritual along the way. It doesn't sanctify me necessarily along the way. Nor when you're talking about spiritual fasting is an attempt to manipulate the heart of God. That's not what fasting is to be done. That's not why it's to be done. That's not what it's about. But rather what it is, it's, an, it's, a, it's a deep soul expression uh, to God Almighty. In other words, it's, 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 it's almost as if like this. Uh, when words just don't seem to be enough, let me express myself in such a way before God. It's a deep longing of my heart. For example, in my relationship with Bonnie, every day, there's not a day that goes by, there's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to Bonnie and that I don't share with her and tell her, man, I sure love you. I love you. There's not a day that goes by that we don't multiple times throughout the day. I'll say, man, I sure love you. I sure love you. I sure love you. But there are those times when I say, I really want her to know that I love her. So I go and buy her flowers. What is that? That's an expression of my heart to say, I really, really do love you. It's just an act of expression is what it is. Now, I know that that's a little simple illustration, but we're talking about something spiritually and something very deep and something very meaningful because when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about fasting without food. And so we're going to talk about that. But when you're talking about spiritual fasting, a spiritual fast is not to be done uh, uh, for the applause of men. In other words, he's saying, hey, it's not about going out there and letting people know uh, and feeling good about yourself comparatively speaking or relatively speaking. That's not what it's about. Uh, and, and, so, and so when you're talking fasting, fasting should be coupled again with prayer, with intense prayer, because it's an act of communication to God. That's what it is. And so it's coupled with prayer. In fact, if you're fasting without praying, you're just on a quick weight loss program. That's all it is. 
Uh, that's, that's what fasting would be without prayer. But you couple it with prayer because it's an act of communication to God, our Father. And so he's addressing a problem, but then he says, but you, in verse number 17. And he says, here's the proper way to fast. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but your Father who is in secret. And so he's just simply saying, hey, make sure that you take care of yourself. Here's, here's what was happening. They were going down there to the marketplace on the second and fifth days of the week, and, uh, and, and they wouldn't take care of themselves. They'd walk around, well, it was me, so that everybody would say, well, what's going on with you, man? You don't look so well. Well, I'm fasting today. And, and, and it gave them an opportunity, and he's saying, hey, listen, don't do that. In fact, when you go down to town, when anytime you go out there down to town, you go ahead and take care of yourself. You dress up nicely, you put on your cologne, you put on your perfume, you brush your hair, you shave, and you just act honky-dory. <laughs> In other words, don't put on a display when it comes to your spiritual fasting. Don't draw attention to yourself. And so a fast, a fast, the word for fast, by the way, when you're talking about proper fasting, I want to address several questions uh, before we close this morning. But, uh, but, but when you're talking about a spiritual fast, fasting simply means, in fact, the word literally means to abstain from food. Now, I know that a lot of times people will fast all kinds of different things, but biblically speaking, a spiritual fast is to abstain from <clears throat> food. And so, and so today, like, for example, there's a lot of times that people say, well, I'm going to fast from my telephone. I'm going to fast from my television set. I'm going to fast from this or fast from that. And although those are noble and fine, I'm just simply saying that the word for fast li literally means to abstain from food. So when you're talking about expressing your heart's desire to God, what you are saying when you abstain from food is, I need you more than life itself. My life is not sustained by my telephone. My life is not sustained by my computer. My life is not sustained by my by my television set in the movies, my life is sustained by eating food. And he's saying, hey, express yourself in such a way. And so, and so we abstain from food as an expression that, hey, I want you in this moment more than life itself. I need, I desperately need you. It's an expression from my heart to my heavenly father and so the questions that we address when you're talking about proper fasting is when do you fast well it's voluntary uh when do you fast as i said the only command in scripture was the day of atonement we don't have that any longer and so when do you fast well you can fast <clears throat> throughout scripture we find different types of fast different opportunities to fast really the when and the why are tied together i'm going to talk a little bit about why we fast in just a moment but the when and the why the the the, the when it could be a partial fast. It might be one meal. It might be one day a week. It might be a day a month. It might be sometime during the year. There might be multiple meals. There might be multiple days as to when we fast. <clears throat> it's really determined by why we fast. So how long do we fast? How long do we fast? Again, there are many different uh, uh, illustrations, uh, stories of people fasting throughout Scripture, Old Testament as well as New Testament, we can fast one day, a meal a day. We can fast maybe a full day. Uh, we can do a hard fast for uh, three days, maybe seven days, maybe 14, maybe 21, maybe 40. How are we going to fast? God, teach me, show me. What is it that I'm fasting for? <clears throat> so that leads us into the why do we fast. There's a lot of different reasons, and again, I, I, this is not by any stretch of the imagination uh, uh, an exhaustive text on the subject of fasting. But when you're talking about why do we fast, 
We find a lot of different, again, stories and illustrations in Scripture. One of the reasons why we fast, and, and, and I would encourage you to take note on these things, because <clears throat> my question would be, uh, are, are, you, are you fasting? Jesus said, hey, when you fast, what does that mean? So I expect that to happen in your life. I mean, I, surely, surely we're fasting. Surely you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness that exceeds anything and everything else in life. That's what he's saying. So when you fast, so, so, so why is it? What, when, when are those moments that I fast? Well, there's several different, again, illustrations in Scripture. One would be in time of preparation, for, for, for time of preparation for ministry. I mean, you look at Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter number 4, he fasted for 40 days just before he began his public ministry, just before he began to preach and call people to repentance. He's fasting and he's doing that, modeling for you and for me that, hey, listen, in times of preparation, uh, you really ought to, ought to be fasting. Because why? I'm acknowledging that, man, I need you more than anything in life itself. I need you. By way of preparation, for example, for example, this weekend, this weekend we're sending a group, 15 of us are going to be going up to Montana uh, to come alongside of a church planner. Bozeman, Montana, a town of about 40,000 people, three evangelical works in the whole city, and we have an opportunity to go alongside of one of our church planters in Bozeman. The church at Four Corners. We're going to be there next Sunday morning. In fact, this morning I was walking up and I was sweating, and I was like, man, next week I won't be sweating. But uh, I'm excited to be a part of that ministry. But, but before we go, before we go, I acknowledge the fact that, hey, listen, if God's not there, it's a waste of my time, and I desperately need you. And so it's a time of fasting, just saying, man, I want you to prepare me for the ministry, and God, I need you, we need you, else it's all in vain. So it's a time of preparation. It's a time of preparation for our teenagers. Man, we got middle schoolers getting ready to go to camp, and I'm telling you, man, as a church body, we need to be fasting and praying. God, we need you to show up. It's not just a good time. We want it to be God's time. We want these kids to be still in your presence and bless them with ears to hear and eyes to see. We need you desperately. And you fast and you pray before God. How long? That's determined by you and God, the Holy Spirit. Man, we, we, we have opportunities for preparation, ministry preparation. It's just an acknowledgement that, boy, I need you. Vacation Bible School was mentioned this morning. How many times, how many times do we as churches, we just do it because that's what we've always done, and it's just a job to do, and we just do it. When the fact of the matter is, man, we desperately need the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, I think that sometimes if the Holy Spirit of God were to depart from the church, the work would just continue to go on, and we wouldn't know the difference. God, we need you to fill me with your wisdom, to give us power, help us with clarity, reach these boys and girls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just another job. It's a privilege and an opportunity to be co-laborers with Christ. And if you don't show up, God, we just had a wonderful week, but it's worthless. Prayer and fasting. It's, it's, it's time of preparation for ministry. Whatever that is, whatever those stages are in life. What about not only preparation, but for direction? For direction. You see direction when Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter number 14, Paul and Barnabas were about to appoint elders in a city. And what did they do? They prayed and fasted. Why? Because, God, we need your direction in this decision. 
And so many times what we do in life is we just make decisions because, man, I know what's best. And the fact of the matter is I don't know what's best in God. I'm at a crossroads in life, and I need direction, and I need you to help me with these decisions in life. And they're more important to me than my life itself. It's an expression during times of decision. Don't you think, don't you think when you look through Scripture, don't you think that Lot would have wished that if he'd looked back on it, he'd have said, hey... Wish I wouldn't have leaned on my own understanding when I made my decision. How many times do we look at the circumstances and we say, man, I know best, I don't even need God in this moment. We may not say that with our words, but when our hearts refuse to bow and sincerely seek God's direction, we're saying, I can take care of it myself. Direction for times of protection, God I need you to protect me. We need you. Esther, the story of Esther. Go back to the Old Testament. Esther is about to go into King Xerxes' presence, and there's a crazy nut named Haman. He's trying to kill off all the people, and she wants to go and express a desire on behalf of her people, and her uncle Mordecai said, hey, let's, let's call a fast, and we call a fast together, and the people of God fasted for three days. Why? Because, God, we need your protection in this moment. We need your protection. We desperately need you. Times of persecution, we need protection. Times of illness, we need protection. I mean, we're living in a wonderful... We're living in a day that's really whacked out, to be honest with you. It's really whacked out with a lot of different things going on, but... But when you're talking about the COVID thing, and I, and I don't want to bring up sore subjects, but I'm just simply saying, God, you are our protector. You are our healer. You are our God. And we desperately need you in this moment right now. We need you more than anything else on earth. And so you fast and you pray in times of protection. Sometimes it's time of penitence. God, I have messed up. And I need your healing, and I need your cleansing more than anything else. And it's not to manipulate the heart of God. I recognize, and, and I encourage you to recognize that it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that I can even be forgiven of my sins. I'm not forgiven because of my fasting, but my fasting is a recognition before God Almighty that, man, God Almighty, I have sinned against you. When Jonah went to the city of Nineveh, do you remember the story? Jonah goes to the city of Nineveh. The Ninevites were some wicked, wicked people. Jonah delivers a little message. Hey, you guys fixing to go down. You guys fixing to go down. And the king and all the people declared a fast for three days. Why? Because their hearts were broken before God Almighty. Times of intercession. Another reason for prayer. Times and fasting, intercession. And when we talk about intercession, what do you mean intercession? On behalf of others. On behalf of others. And listen, times of fasting on behalf of others is not just for the people that I love or maybe not even for the people that I like. It might even be intercession on behalf of people I don't like. Y'all all right? The Bible says <clears throat> over in the psalm, Watch David's heart. Listen to this. Psalm 35, verse 13. Psalm 35 and verse number 13. He's talking about... Let me, let me back up. I've got 13 on the board. 
Malicious witnesses rise up and they ask me of things that I do not know. They repay me evil for good. In other words, David say, man, I'm trying to be good, but they're just wicked to the bereavement of my soul. How does he respond? But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, and I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer kept returning to my bosom. Fasting and prayer, intercession, not only for enemies, but also for friends. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter number one, and Nehemiah chapter number one, Nehemiah just so happened to ask a fellow from his own homeland about his own family, his own people, and he said, man, they're a reproach, they're not doing well at all. And upon hearing the word that they were struggling, Nehemiah fasted before God and prayed, interceding prayer on behalf of other people. Why? Because, God, they're more important than me. Some of these seniors threw that verse up there. They're more important than me. Lord Jesus, would you intervene for them? I want that more than anything else in life. And so you fast and you pray. Again, it's not exhaustive, but there's some reason for fasting. What is it that keeps us from fasting and praying? What, what is it that keeps us from fasting and praying? I believe, I believe we sometimes don't fast and don't pray for two reasons. Number one might be ignorance. Just didn't know what it was all about. Just don't know. The other one is spiritual indifference. And sometimes we can bring the two together. I'd rather be ignorant because I'm indifferent. And this morning, it's my prayer that God, God give to us a hunger and a thirst for your righteousness. God hears the hearts of his people crying out. He blesses in an incredible way when we fast before him. The promise for fasting is found in the last half of the last verse. And your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. When I was thinking about fasting this morning and subject of fasting, it really brought a song to my head. I need thee, oh, I need thee. And it's more than just words in a song. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Pass me not, my Savior. I'm coming to you. Why? Because I need you. Fasting and praying. God, help us to hunger and thirst for you and for your will. Would you do me a favor this morning and join me for a time of prayer? We're going to pray, and after we pray, we're going to sing a song. And after the song is sung, hey, listen, I'm going to be down front. We'll have others down front. And maybe you're here this morning, and I just want to encourage you. I want to begin by just talking to those who have never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. You heard stories this morning, the gospel, for God so loved you that he gave his only son, Jesus, and he died on a cross for your sins. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins, and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Hey, if you've never been born again, I'm asking you to come today. We're going to pray, sing, you come. We want to talk with you today. But to my brothers and sisters, 
hey, would you join me in fasting and praying? I gave you several opportunities as a body, ministries, to be fasting and praying, whether it be one meal one day, one day, three days. We need him. Oh, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord Jesus, search our hearts today. Have your way. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.